day 317 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul here with Matt and David uh, as we continue through the story of prophets. Uh, we are in Ezekiel, and as we come to Ezekiel, we've, we've moved to the wonderful conclusion of the book of Ezekiel, but there's one final reminder in the book that uh, with God's salvation also comes God's judgment. And uh, chapters 38 and 39 will be some of the most graphic images. Ezekiel has already offered us very graphic images of judgments of individual nations. Uh, but in uh, chapters 38 and 39, we have a picture of God's uh, ultimate judgment on all of his enemies and the language, you know, at, at times is going to be, you know, startling to us. And it must have been startling, you know, to Ezekiel and uh, startling to the people of his time as, as well, because it uh, offends some of the very, you know, uh, sensibilities that God has instilled in his people as far as holiness and purity and uh, preserving themselves, you know, before the Lord. So we come today to Ezekiel chapter 38. We'll continue tomorrow uh, with Ezekiel chapter 39. And even as we read this, uh, we realize that this is, as you'll see a couple of times through this passage, this is part of God's glorifying himself by defeating his enemies, judging sin, and restoring his people. And uh, so where we read, um, we read with the reverence of knowing we have God's word in front of us and we have God's spirit in us uh, who uses his word to complete the work that he, he accomplished you know, through Christ. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for, uh, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the great comfort we receive from your word. Uh, we thank you at times that in your word uh, startles us and confronts our sensibilities. And Father, we pray that you would give us ears to hear and eyes to see and hearts to respond uh, to who you are as uh, we read your word. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Ezekiel 38. The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, set your face against Gog of the land of Magog, the chief uh, prince of Meshech and Tubal. Prophesy against him and say, This is what the sovereign Lord says. I am against you, Gog, chief prince of Meshech and Tubal. I will turn you around, uh, put hooks on your jaws, and bring you out with your whole army, your horses, your horsemen fully armed, and a great horde with a large and small shields, all of them brandishing their swords. Persia, Cush, and Put will be with them, all with shields and helmets, also Gomer with all its troops, and Beth Targamah, uh, far from the far north, with all of its troops, the many nations with you. Get ready, be prepared, you and all the hordes gathered about you, and take command of them. After many days you will be called to arms. In the future years you will invade a land uh, that is recovered from war, whose people were gathered from many nations to the mountain of Israel, which had been long desolate. They've been brought out from all the nations, and now all of them live in safety. You and your troops and the many nations with you will go up, advancing like a storm. You'll be like a cloud covering the land. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. On that day, thoughts will come into your mind, and you will devise an evil scheme. You will say, I'll invade a land of unwalled villages. I will attack a peaceful and unsuspecting people, all of them living without walls and without gates and bars. I will plunder and loot and turn my hand against the resettled ruins and the people gathered from the nations, rich in livestock and goods, living in the center of the land. Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish and all her villages will say to you, have you come to plunder? Have you gathered your hordes to loot, to carry off silver and gold, to take away livestock and goods and to see much plunder. 
Therefore, son of man, prophesy and say to Gog, this is what the sovereign Lord says. In that day when my people Israel are living in safety, will you not take notice of it? You will come from your place in the far north, you and many nations with you, and all of them riding on horses, a great horde and mighty army. You will advance against my people Israel like a cloud that covers the land. In the days to come, Gog, I will bring you against my land so that the nations will know me when I am proved holy through you before your eyes. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. You are the one I spoke of in former days by my servants, the prophets of Israel. That time, and they prophesied for years that I would bring you against them. This is what will happen in that day when Gog attacks the land of Israel. My hot anger will be aroused, declares the Sovereign Lord. In my zeal and fiery wrath, I declare that at that time there shall be a great earthquake in the land of Israel, the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the beast of the field, every creature that moves along the ground, and all the people in the face of the earth will tremble at my presence. The mountains will be overturned, the cliffs will crumble, and every wall will fall into the ground. I will summon a sword against Gog on all my mountains, declares the sovereign Lord. Every man's sword will be against his brother. I will execute judgment on him with plague and bloodshed. I will pour down torrents of rain, hailstorms, and burning sulfur on him and on his troops and on the many nations with him. And so I will show my greatness and my holiness, and I'll make myself known in the sight of many nations. Then they will know that I am the Lord. We come from the... Uh, kind of the warm scenery of restoration of Israel being restored and the course of a valley of dried bones being given life by the very wind of God or the breath of God or the very present God, you know, to seeing, you know, the final act, you know, of, of history and, you know, God's judgment of, you know, the nations of all of his enemies and, and bringing them together. This is one of the particular, you know, passages in scripture that has multiple interpretations, you know, to it. There's some that, you know, take this very literally. And so they're, they're looking for, you know, Israel to settle in the land, to rebuild the temple and the nations to arise against them and have, you know, the great battle of uh, Armageddon. Uh, you know, so this is you know described here. The names Gog and uh, Magog are, are are kind of vague. Nobody historically can really put them in place. So they kind of lend themselves in every age for us assigning them, you know, to our very worst enemies. So I think you know probably the the modern trend is to see in those, uh, you know, the word uh, you know for Prince of the People there could be also Prince of Rosh. So a lot of people here and there, Russia, you know, is a major enemy of the people. And so there are a lot of prophecies that see this as Turkey and Russia and Syria, you know, Islam and, 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 and Russia, you know, coming against Israel. And, and those are, you know, those are, uh, those are certainly, you know, possible interpretations. But this is probably deliberately vague, pointing to something bigger, the ultimate judgment of God on his enemies so that his people can enjoy, you know, permanent peace. So we have, you know, many seeking a literal interpretation of that in the uh, millennial kingdom. Many of those seeing both a literal and figurative interpretation of this as, you know, part of the millennial kingdom, but also a picture of final judgment. Some people just see it, you know, as figurative, you know, as referring, you know, to final judgment. And, uh, you know, we looking from right now, uh, you know, don't have clarity on all of these things, but we need to know that God will finally judge his enemies and restore his people. And so we see, as the text has told us in a couple of times, we'll see finally the, the glory of God as he 
does you know defeat his enemies mm-hmm. and restore a people who are are a helpless people in need of God himself you know to fight you know the battle for them yeah and we do see I mean in, in Revelation you know Gog and Magog get picked up mm-hmm. you know as the representative of that those nations that are against God right. that will he will ultimately triumph over and, and conquer um, but but here I, I think it's fascinating as we were reading it um, to get to the very end, I will execute judgment on him with plague and bloodshed. I will pour down torrents of rain, hell stones, and burning sulfur. You know, you think about like the kind of three, you know, decisive judgments in, in the Old Testament. You get, you know, obviously the the rain, the flood. You know, you get the Exodus and, and all the plagues there, and and then you get you know you, burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah, right. and just these ultimate pictures of judgment and God saying, you know, hey, I'm going to bring this nation against you, but when I do. Ultimately, I will conquer them and bring judgment, and and that execution of judgment in these images, you know, begins to see like, oh, this is going to be decisive, and God's going to be victorious, and and again that, and I will make myself known in the sight of many nations; they will know that I am the Lord. That's the refrain of Exodus. Yeah, but those who uh, experience God's salvation and those who experience God's judgment will ultimately see who He is, and of course, we have the promise. In the New Testament, that ultimately every knee will bow and every tongue will confess, you know, to the glory of God on display in Christ Jesus, you know, as a part of it. And of course, you see the sovereignty of God at work, you know, when He said, I'll put fish hooks in you and bring you, you know, and compel you to come to this place so that my judgment can be executed against you. And of course, you see uh, there the picture of, you know, Pharaoh who's hardened his heart and then God also is in working to harden his heart to bring him to this obstinate place so ultimately you can experience you know both God's judgment and, and God's people can see the glory of his salvation so you see the sovereignty of God moving toward this cataclysmic really ugly feeling you know end you know to history or to this moment or to the millennial kingdom you know depending on how you you know how you interpret this uh, but it's ultimately so that God's uh, glory uh, can be seen and achieved and his people experienced a cleansed land in his perfect presence. Mm-hmm. No, so much better to see the greatness and holiness of God, as you're saying, through his salvation than having to see it through his judgment here. And But it is a good reminder, and Scripture does this so often, of kind of like the, the people here, whoever this is representing, we can kind of just be so flippant towards God and forget his greatness, forget his holiness, think we're great, think we're, but the scripture does it time and time again of reorienting our hearts to see God for who he truly is, which is what we need to see time and time again. Uh, no, and it's, it's uh, and, and of course these, uh, these words, Gog, Magog, you know, Tubal, Meshach, these are uh, classic enemies of Israel. You know, uh, these are descendants of uh, you know uh, Noah's son, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. These are descendants of Japheth. So these are classic enemies. You know, whether they're going to be you know an official people or a representative people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have the seven nations you know coming against from all directions. So there's kind of a universal in you know, a kind of sense of the ultimate showdown of. Uh, everyone who opposes God to those whom God has upholded, upheld you know, in, in his own strength. So it's kind of an interesting array of that. David, do you mind closing us with a word of prayer? No, let's pray. And Father, we, we ask, we confess that in many ways uh, we oppose you in our life as well. Uh, many areas of life we want to keep to ourselves and for us and, and not let you move in them and, and rule and reign in them as you should. And so, Father, thank you for the reminders that your scripture brings. Um, May you do a deep work in our hearts. 
of helping us see and behold and be in awe of who you are. And may we live faithfully um, in your power, through your spirit, in light of the, the greatness of our salvation. Grace all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.